0: Hello and welcome to another episode of I Need to Read. Thank you so much for listening in. In this episode, I speak to Vic Spence, Victoria Spence. She's an absolute legend and we discuss all sorts in here. I do want to just put a quick trigger warning before we get into anything. We do talk about eating disorders and body image. So if that's something that will be triggering for you, obviously, please do bear that in mind and do whatever you feel will be best for you. But before we get into the episode, just a note from our sponsors. The podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we discuss therapy in this podcast and I discuss therapy in a lot of podcasts because therapy is pretty helpful if you are feeling bad. Even if you're feeling good, therapy is always helpful. Now, BetterHelp have provided an online therapy service to millions of people around the world so far. I know it'll be a while until they do billions, but millions is still... Pretty pretty good. If you feel like you're not getting the support from your government, the NHS, your healthcare provider, if you're not getting support from your family, your friends, if you're struggling to talk about what's going on in your life, then head to BetterHelp, see if they can help you. You get 10% off as an A Need to Read listener, and you just go to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. And that's just 10% off your first month, and then from there, things should be looking up. Now, another thing to go through is the Patreon. If you want to join my book club, I run a book club every month. We read a different book every month, and we discuss it at the end of the month. And on top of that, you get some bonus episodes where you essentially get to be the puppeteer of the podcast. You choose the topics, and then I talk about them twice a month. That is on patreon.com forward slash a need to read. And I'm enjoying doing it and everyone in there seems to be enjoying it as well. So if you like what I do, you know where to go. Let's get on with the podcast. This is a good one. I do have to apologise that my microphone was crackly throughout. And if I'm honest, I think I'm probably going to be more upset with that than anyone else is. So just know that I regret not making sure that my microphone wasn't crackly. But well, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed speaking to Victoria. She's an absolute legend. Victoria Spence, welcome to Anitri. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on.
1: Thank you for having me. I've been buzzing to be able to come on and just chat about books.
0: Yes, that's everyone says that. I'm, that's, that's what I'm happy with because most other podcasts I don't really know the theme of other podcasts I think it's just like a general one but if we can keep like a little bit around the books a little bit around general life then then we're sticking with the theme and um and that's a good thing I don't know how we came across each other
1: do you know what I have worked with Bronte a few times and I saw I think she met you in Bali
0: yeah yeah this oh my god this is ages ago
1: yeah and I didn't really like I just was like oh cute I thought maybe you were an item or something else that's cute (laughs) um and then just recently somebody tagged you in something in your a need to read and Mm. I was like no way that's the guy
0: Mm, and then I started
1: following you and just loved everything that you did so
0: awesome thanks thanks (laughs) thanks <laughs> you don't have to say that <laughs> um I appreciate that um just clarification me and Bronte not an item um did. <laughs> uh, laugh that, that people have said that I think a lot of people have have thought that in the past um so it's it's an awful question to kick it off and then everything else from there will be a way better question but would you mind introducing yourself to people that don't know of you or know you
1: yeah sure so I'm Vic um I, how deep do, how deep do I go in this introduce?
0: You go as deep as you like. We could, we could spend 50 minutes talking about who you are.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So I trained as a dancer. Um, mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a dancer literally from being like four or five. I knew that was what I wanted to do with my life. So it got mm-hmm. quite serious when I was around 11. Um, and then I went on to dance college after school and just thought that was what I was going to do with my life and in my second year going into third year I ended up developing an eating disorder Mm. um, anorexia and it happened super super fast like I didn't really know it was happening I was completely in denial about what was going on at that time Um, and and then it was kind of like a really quick downward spiral I got to a point where it was really looking quite bad for me and then I almost had this like a lot of people talk about this rock bottom moment and I really do believe in the rock bottom moments and how they can really set you up for a big change in your life and when I reached that moment I then just kind of asked me, like, what am I doing? What? What? Why am I choosing to do this to myself and to my life? Like, there must be something bigger and better out there for me. And mm. from that point, I um, decided to recover and started this Instagram account to be able to just document my thoughts, my feelings. Like, I don't know if you've ever suffered with mental health before. Like, I think from listening mm. to some of your things that y- you have. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> like suffering with mental health on top of being quite an introverted person, I didn't want to speak to anybody about how I was feeling. I had a therapist, Mm. but at the time I didn't really get therapy. Like when I was 17, 18, therapy was what you do if you like fucked. And it was just, it was a completely different thing to what it is now. So I just said to him what he wanted to hear. And then I would just kind of like leave it at that. So I, I wasn't really speaking to anyone. So I started this Instagram account. And I blocked everybody who actually knew me in my life because I was so ashamed of the place where I was at because I was like it was a weird one for me like I had quite a lot of friends before Mm. my eating disorder and then I was just like embarrassed that I'd got allowed myself to have an eating disorder um and then I just fell off the face of the earth so I just disappeared stopped speaking to everybody started this account blocked everyone and um I just used to document my thoughts, and my feelings, talk about what I'd spoken to my therapist about, post just like food, like what I was eating. And yeah. over time, people, other people with eating disorders started to follow my account and yeah. started to kind of come to me and say, You're helping me with my recovery. So I was like, so hang amazing. on like i'm not just doing this for myself anymore like i need to do this for these people who are watching i mean that was that was like 50 people um yeah. and but i was like this isn't just me anymore like i need to do this to show other people that they can do it too and so I just continued to recover. I continued to get better, continue to work on myself. Um, I was opened up when I was kind of like at the end of my recovery, I was opened up to the personal development world, like self-help world. And I just couldn't believe that I'd never heard of things like beliefs and values and i've I've never understood myself beyond my appearance and it was when i was opened up to that that i was like wow and my life took a complete detour i stepped away from the dance world and at the time i went into personal training i did that for five years and stepped away from personal training because i realized that people were coming to me for the mindset work as opposed to me kind of counting reps for them and um I then became I I do life coaching now and I can I've continued with my social media it's kind of gone through my whole life with me to be honest and now just I'm really lucky to be in a place where I'm able to just share my learnings like share things that I've learned in books and in podcasts and from coaches and therapists and mentors Um, and I think my biggest thought like my biggest message is that I just don't want other women to go through what I did or if they are going through what I did they can have access to the information that I've learned over maybe like the past seven years of my life they can have access to that in I don't know 10 minutes by me sharing something or by just having a bit of yeah. a scroll through my Instagram because I've shared I've shared just kind of like every part of my journey.
0: Yeah that's amazing how like when it comes to the dance world does that produce quite a lot of eating disorders i imagine it's a moderately toxic environment like especially with the competition i suppose when you're at dance college because like i know how it goes like everyone starts dancing at four some whittle down by their 11 and it's like a funnel until there's like the top two so it's like super competitive does that did you feel almost like pressure to like look a certain way i imagine this is quite an obvious answer there is it
1: yeah you do There's a lot of competition
0: Mm.
1: when you're growing up in as a dance kid, you go to competitions like every Sunday, there's a competition. So you're always being compared. I think when it came to being conscious of my image, that came more so when I was in dance college. So Mm. when I'd left school, like when I was 16 and this, this is one of the reasons why I was so embarrassed and almost ashamed of the place that I was in, because At school, I was so confident in my body. Like my body, I went through puberty at a really, really young age. Like I started puberty Mm. when I was eight. So my body started, like I started to get boobs and hold like fat in my thighs and things. But I was still, I I was still slim. Um, But my body started to change before other people's body started to change. So I I was aware of it, but I was still super confident in myself. And then it was like, when I went to dance college, that confidence just started to, just like little things day by day, we, you would spend eight hours a day in front of mirrors wearing next to nothing. And yeah. I had access to other people who had quite, quite similar bodies to me. um, But were, we would call them in the dance world, ballet bods. And a ballet yeah. bod is somebody who who is super tall and super, super, super thin. Like the kind of person who can just eat whatever they want, don't really need to exercise and they will always be that that way. And yeah. I always used to think like, why don't I look like that? Is it because I'm not trying hard enough? Is it because I'm not going to the gym or like I'm not watching mm-hmm. my diet? Um, so when I was at dance college, that was when the kind of body image thoughts and comparing my body to other people really came about. They would just say things like, You shouldn't be able to pinch an inch. Your body is your CV. And when you're at college, that just seems quite normal. But now looking back, (sighs) I'm like, no, that's not normal.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, do you think that still goes on now? It must do.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. You'll get called out of class. Like some of the bigger girls in class, who are still slim, would get mm. called out, and they were told that they needed to lose weight. If you, if you want to have any chance at making it in the dance world, then you need to lose weight. And oh. even if you were somebody who didn't look like that person, there was still this fear, this like underlying fear that what if next time it was the principal who was c- going to c- come and call you out and tell you that you needed to change an element of your
0: body. Yeah, it's like you're trying to, like, beat them by not being called out and trying to get, like, slimmer or skinnier because you don't want to be called out. And I, I suppose there's quite a lot of shame, like, because it's like it's, it's a natural thing for some, when someone's, like, pulled out of class or something when you're in school, like, everyone starts talking about it, right? So, like, if you're called out, it's, it's just like, oh, my God, instant shame.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's... um it's crazy and I think it's definitely more so in like women I suppose like guys at dance school would they have way more like leeway in terms of how they looked or
1: yeah they would actually There was mm. the ratio of women to men was you know like <laughs> in favor of the women yeah. yeah yeah but thinking about it the guys had all different bodies like they did have to they had to have like a big chest like this was big for the guys a big chest and strong arms and but where where when it came to the girls the teachers would put emphasis on our bodies being our cv on boys it was like you need the bigger chest and the strong arms because you need to be able to lift the girls like for the guys their bodies were seen as more of like an instrument for the girls we were seen as ornaments we were the things to look pretty um and make the guy look good
0: oh I mean sounds like the world doesn't it
1: <laughs> mm, yeah yeah yeah
0: Definitely. that's crazy that's crazy have you ever
1: struggled with your body image
0: I think it's it's quite a natural thing to do when you first start like going to the gym as guy, like when I was like 17 18 like i got obsessed with training so i joined the marines when i left school so i was obsessed with training in terms of like i wanted to be super super fit but there was a stage where i was taking like grenade pills to like lose fat like i haven't got a lot of fat on me anyway um i like low form testosterone boosters to like try and like get a little bigger like at 18 when i would have hoped that that's like my peak testosterone years um still can't grow a beard so maybe i'm holding out for those testosterone years but um yeah like my legs are pretty skinny i used to be really like conscious of that like wouldn't really wear shorts because my calves are small and one big thing for me like it wasn't necessarily like my body but my hairline i used to worry about so much it's not even bad like I've, i've come to like accept now that like it's not bad so i shaved my head last year as like uh like a, to train myself not to care about it mm-hmm. so i just sha- shaved it off and i remember the day that i did it because so like i went on my story and like i was like quite aggressive and i was like hey i've shaved my head um i'm just doing this story because otherwise i'm just gonna be really worried about it which just goes to show like these little things can like creep into your head these insecurities that no one would ever really expect you to have because they never look at you the way that you look at yourself in that like negative light that we all shine on ourselves so like I I definitely have not to the point where I'd have said it ever like limited me apart from like not really wanting to wear shorts mm-hmm. um but now like I wear budgie smugglers because like I like my skinny legs I always say like if I was a girl like my legs would be banging <laughs> exactly that's
1: the way thing think. <laughs> I think well I I don't look too much into body image when it comes to guys. Mm. But it's probably the same in that we are taught that our our body should match up to a trend. Mm. And when I was going through dance college, the trend at that time was like this Kate Moss super thin, like the thigh gap craze.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Whereas maybe in the dance world now if I was to if I was to be at college now maybe curvy would be in fashion, I don't know.
0: Yeah it's very very strange, isn't it like a body type can be on trend because like the reality is that like there's a, there's a lot of things you can do to change your body but sometimes like you just get what you're given in terms of like the like bone, structure of you like some girls have wider hips some girls won't develop wider hips until like their mid-20s because like it's they're just going to get ready to have some kids in there like mm-hmm. people talk about remember that that like hip dip yes. thing that like people are like oh it's a hip dip or like train your hip there's so much money being made on people's insecurities it's a joke
1: exactly well that's that's why they have to keep changing the trends mm. because when if if all women manage to match up to a trend then these industries are going to start to lose profit so right okay Mm. what can we make women insecure about hip dips let's make a pill that's going to help them get rid of hip dips
0: it's mad isn't it did you ever used to like buy into any of those trends or anything or were you quite wise to it by the time that they started being like really prominent online
1: yeah yeah I, i didn't really buy into stuff like that when i was like developing my eating disorder, it was the, mm. a lot, a lot of like bodybuilder, like the, fit, the fitness space online was bodybuilders. Yeah. So the things that they would say, like no carbs and fasted, car- like just fasted cardio. Yeah. Fasted cardio like in that. the
0: mornings. Yeah. Go and get it. Hustlers. If you don't want it bad enough, like all that kind of zone. <laughs> no pain,
1: no gain. No gain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I really bought into all of that stuff like deeply bought that that was like gospel to me that was that was how I needed to achieve the body that I wanted
0: yeah I think it's like eating habits as well are weird ones to like slip into like I had to like when I was journaling the other day I had to like write a letter to myself was like to promise to eat three proper meals a day because I like I've I don't have much of an appetite so like I have like a few eggs on toast in the morning and then I could easily not have lunch and wait till dinner but Mm -hmm. I was like that's actually not good enough because that's not gonna serve me if I just start skipping meals like I need a good couple thousand calories a day to like be and feel healthy Mm -hmm. so um the day that I wrote that to myself I literally just had a breaded chicken with hot sauce for lunch and I was like that is not not A square meal (laughs) like (laughs) surely I should be putting some like vegetables and like some carbohydrates of that it's like remember in school when you had like the the plate of like what you should have on your plate obviously it was like it wasn't accurate in terms of what you actually need in terms of nutrition but I was so far away from that rounded plate I literally just had a big fat chicken nugget essentially covered in Frank's hot sauce and like it was a nice lunch but it's not serving me
1: <laughs> that's so funny Where obviously when I had my because after my eating disorder I went into bikini competing
0: uh, okay
1: and I I had I rarely talk about that time because I'm embarrassed of it I, I mean I, I don't regret anything um, yeah. I don't regret anything I've done in my life, but I wouldn't want anybody who's following me um because they're coming out of an eating disorder to think that going into bik- bikini competing is a is a good thing to do. It's no. so it's it's basically just a more congratulated form of eating disorder.
0: Yeah. Cause that that produces a lot of eating disorders, right? That kind of space of like, well, like what's your body fat percentage on the day of a bikini competition? Like what does it get down to?
1: That? Maybe like nine, nine percent,
0: and that's very low for a woman, right? Like,
1: you yeah, just, you can't have a period a... or anything like that. Really? Yeah.
0: Jesus Christ, and and obviously messing with those kind of hormones like that could do like serious long term damage in terms of like having children. If if that's what you want to do, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. But I, and I always say that. like bikini competing bodybuilding is a worse kind of eating disorder because you get a trophy for it Mm. and like you know with an eating with an eating disorder like anorexia for example people would look at me with sorry eyes and I knew that it wasn't congratulated for the way that I looked whereas when I went through competing and I was on a stage and I would win trophies because my body was like nine percent body fat and because i would managed to Eat very little food and exercise excessively to get myself to that point.
0: Yeah. It's
1: it's horrendous, and so I went through kind of like back to what you were saying about the like the letter to yourself with mm. around food. I went through a time after that where, and I feel like I almost had to go through this phase phase where I had to like rebel against food. I had mm. to rebel against diet culture and like all of the all of the messaging that I'd taken on throughout my life surrounded by um food rules and things like that yeah and then I'm kind of going through a transition now where I've taken on this nutritional therapist to to educate like re-educate me I had to I had to do a lot of unlearning and then I got to a point where I was like you where I just kind of just eat and I wouldn't think about eating my vegetables and eating foods that were actually good for me because I thought that if I was to be anti-diet culture then I I had to be anti-health and then I woke up to the fact that I can be anti-diet culture and pro-health and so I'm kind of on this journey now to understand food for its nutrients and what it can add into my life as opposed to the things that I need to take out
0: yeah yeah do you know what i like the fact that you've just gone and got a coach for that because i think in, a lot of people will have like a gap in their knowledge mm-hmm. and then it's like oh well i guess i don't know about it basically like you've got like that mindset of like well i don't know i best like i best understand somehow i'll just get an expert to tell me about it i think that's that's such a good like mindset to have it's just like fill the gaps in your life with knowledge from people that know more about it yeah it's such a, such a good way to do it. And how, how long have you been, like, out of... Is it, like, recovery with an eating disorder? How, how long have you... Would you say you've been out of that? Or it's, like, a, just a constant thing forever?
1: No, I'd say that I'm 100% recovered from my yeah. eating disorder. Um, I'd say I've been recovered, f- like, fully recovered, free from food and body image thoughts Yeah. for maybe three years yeah so it took me a good like five years to recover and I think one of the things when it comes to people recovering from an eating disorder one professionals will tell you that you can't ever recover from an eating disorder which I think is one of the it makes me fuming it makes me so mad that people will say that because you'll know about this like you read a lot of like um, books for growth mindset, for growing your mind, for learning more, for changing habits, for changing your way of life. And I think once as soon as you put a limit on somebody, then they're going to only live up to that limit unless they can create this kind of mindset for themselves. And I was told many of times, you're never going to recover. I remember I was sent this letter and I hid this letter in, in, in my car and forgot it was there until I got with my partner who I'm with now. So I've been with him for five years. And he found it in my car and I was so embarrassed, but he got the, he got the letter out. And this letter basically said, she's, she's recovering now, but she's probably going to go back into her eating disorder. Like it, this is what happened, she's going to fall back into it. And I knew from that point that would, that was never going to happen. That was never, yeah. ever going to happen. And I'm just so glad that I was so strong in my own mind and not listening to these people, because I probably still would be trapped. So a lot of people get stuck in this, like, I call it quasi-recovery, which is they're at a point in their life where food, their food and, like, their weight and their exercise tendencies are not completely ruining their life. They can function Mm. and they're not at risk of dying or being um, really severely affected by their mental health. But they're not free. Yeah. life. they're still controlled by food and exercise. And I think when you can step out of that, and that's when you've got to stop listening to the people who are going to tell you that you can't recover, um, when you can break free from that and, you know, really start to just go through those last steps of you, your recovery, you can really overcome it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, And that's kind of like the message that you push out. I know you said, like, it started, like, 50 people. Would you say, like, a lot of your audience now are people that are like in in that quasi-recovery or in recovery or, or or recovered from eating disorders it's quite a widespread thing would you say
1: yeah yeah i think quite a lot of people are either in in their recovery or have recovered or in that quasi-recovery part yeah um, but there's also a lot of women who maybe never had an eating disorder, but just have deep uh, disordered eating habits. Yeah. Um, it's not something that's ever completely controlled them, but they're in a place where food is on their mind quite a lot and they really yeah. don't like their body image. And I think this is very normal for a lot of women out there. Um, yeah. And so I have a lot of people like that. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well. I think, I think that's obviously like a, a bit of a pandemic at the moment isn't it? like the whole body image thing is everyone's like told to love their body but sometimes like it's actually really difficult yeah because of everything that's like shown out there like if if you stand naked in front of a mirror long enough like you'll find what you don't like mm-hmm. and I suppose it's about like really so I read a book called love yourself like your life depends on it by uh Kamal Ravakant and one of the exercises in that book, it's so uncomfortable to do, but it's to stand in the mirror and to be like, um, I love myself. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, and, and like say, like, I love you and like look in your eyes. And it's such an uncomfortable thing to do. And I just don't understand how in this culture, I think I do understand it as, as why we can't really love ourselves or we have these limitations on loving ourselves. Because all through school if you if someone loves themselves like it's it's a negative thing if yeah. someone's up themselves they're arrogant and like as we get older everyone's like fuck I wish I loved myself now like it's such a difficult thing to do what what have, what have you done would you say is like the most helpful thing you've done to be able to like fully accept and like love yourself
1: I think when it comes to what you've just said about finding it hard to love yourself I think that comes with this it's like a fear because you like with all fears you you've got to protect yourself because if you love yourself so much and because and people don't love it when people love themselves because it's, it's a thing that a lot of people want but they struggle to do because of fear and it's a it's a form of protection it's like if I if I can already talk bad about myself, if I, if I can already hate myself and I can tell myself every single day that my thighs are fat are fat, and I've got rolls in my tummy and um, I'm ugly. Then if somebody else tells me that, then it's not going to hurt because I've already I already know that to be true about myself. Yeah. Whereas if you look yourself in the mirror and you're like, do you know what? I'd, I'm choosing to love myself. I'm choosing to yeah. accept my body as it is. Then you're at risk of an outer source saying to you about your body, um, yeah. oh God, like, look at those thighs, How the hell does she love herself when she looks like that? And, yeah. and then you're at risk of being pulled down by that. So I think it's it's a whole thing of protection. But I genuinely just think that life's too short and you have to step up into your higher self and I think when you when you learn to hold on to your own power and you learn not to give other people outer sources um enough power on their their words and their thoughts and their actions you just become a bit unbothered really I think the thing that's helped me the most is honestly and this this is just what I say it pretty much at the end of every single post or everything that I say, your body is the least interesting thing about you. The yeah. like one of my businesses, the whole the kind of tagline for it is the glow up is an inside job. We, we need to work on ourselves, yeah. and the more that you work on yourself, understanding things like my first introduction to this was reading um, "Unleashed, Unleash the Power" with it. No, not unleashed.
0: Oh. It, Tony Robbins oh, is it?
1: Tony Robbins, yeah. yeah. No, no, unleash the power within is his seminar. What's his book? The Giant. Un-
0: and yeah, unleash the giant. the giant within.
1: Yeah, unleash the giant within. So, his um, reading that book and just learning about my beliefs and my values and who I was beyond my appearance changed everything for
0: me. Yeah, this is just like there was just a day when you're like, you know what, I'm all right.
1: I was just like, there's so much more to life than my appearance. Like, I bring so much more to the table than my appearance. Yeah. And it's just something that I'd never thought about before.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting that. Like, whenever I think of people, like, I've never described someone's, like, attributes or, like... When you're talking about oh, like, oh, what do you like about someone? You, no one ever really says like oh, they're like their body, or they'll they'll make a passing comment about the body, but usually it's like their values. And like we say, you said like just at the start about like values and beliefs and stuff like that. When you get to understand people's values, you're like oh my god, these people are sick. Like it doesn't even matter yeah. what they look like. Like everyone's actually a bit of a legend, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I, actually, there's a lot of people that aren't. But <laughs> like they're still like those people that dickheads might have a really nice body but like they're more than their body they're the dickhead inside it there's
1: oh 100 weird world there's this quote uh out there and it's like um i can't remember what the start of the quote is but it's it's basically just like if you put all of the emphasis on your image then congrats you've got a pretty face and I just believe that to be so true. Like if you can work on who you are beyond your appearance and beyond your face and your body, you, you just become less bothered about your appearance and you think more about like, what can I actually give to the world?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said there about like the glow up coming from within. There's an in, so in January, I was pretty ill when I was away. And it was about two weeks where I was feeling like pretty bad. And then, obviously, as soon as I stopped being ill, like I became more positive and like my life was just better again. Like I hadn't really spent much time in the sun, but like people messaged me, like, oh my God, you're glowing. And I am like, yeah, do you know what, I'm, I am. Like I'm feeling pretty good now. And it's nothing to do really with like how I look because I was just like, I'd been in bed for two weeks. Like I wasn't tanned or anything like that like I was, I was living in bali um but like the first day that i was allowed out like i just felt so much better and you do feel like so much better when you've got a bit more positive energy and you're not like toxic positivity because obviously shit goes wrong all the time in life but the the more you give out in that way like from the inside out weirdly as well you actually start getting stuff back which then adds to your own sort of like self-esteem in terms of like you feel good about yourself because you're doing good.
1: Oh, 100%. I think a good um, book recommendation for this, if you only Mm. just um, being introduced to vibrations, is that Good Vibes, Good Life, Vex King. Um, Oh yeah. I I did a lot of like learning around that stuff before I read Good Vibes, Good Life, but so many people just kept talking about it. So I was like, you know what? I'll just read it. And it it almost just kind of, you know, give me a bit of a refresher for what I already knew. But I think it was quite a good it's quite a good introduction to vibrations if you've never thought about your vibrations before.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like there is like there is science behind it. right? Like I've, I've never really looked into it. I'm just like, yeah, I just kind of believe it. Like it makes sense to me that like if dolphins can talk in sonar, language or whatever it is or in their clicks like there's got to be some stuff that we can't see or understand that is there
1: oh I fully fully believe that too uh,
0: like what? for example
1: honestly with this with this podcast like obviously I followed you on Instagram and then you followed me and then I was listening to your podcast and I was like I want to go on that podcast I want to be on that podcast because no way. <laughs> this guy just talks about books and I don't get to speak about books with anybody else and then you literally messaged
0: Whoa. And that,
1: I believe Witch. so much in vibrations <laughs> like manifesting and putting things out into the world.
0: Yeah, I can't believe people listen and want to be on it. That's so ledge.
1: <laughs> it's me. You should give yourself some credit. Give yourself a pat on the back right now.
0: All right. There we go. <laughs> it felt weird. Not as weird as looking at myself in the eye in the mirror and, and saying I love myself. That that was a bit weird. Um, But yeah, it's it's you get what you give out and it's weird that you say that about like thoughts kind of like becoming reality and the whole like manifesting thing because like I guarantee it wasn't something you probably wrote down Mm -hmm. in your journal was it but did you kind of think that you would come on yeah yeah
1: this happens to me all the time and people don't Mm. believe me like so something as small as The other week I was on the phone to my friend and I was like, oh my God, I need to buy a new hairbrush. My hairbrush was just disgusting. Like it wasn't even a brush anymore. And um, I just kind of kept pondering about which brush to buy. And then obviously this happens because of my job, but I just got like 10 Tangle teasers sent through the post. Sound. Every different tangle teaser you can think of, I got the tangle teaser and I was like, No, I was like, I'm like, God he's <laughs> watching is watching me.
0: It's uh I feel like maybe we both need to put our manifest into better use because I on the day that I like the day after I wrote down about getting three square meals, some like meal prep company messaged me and I was like, Sound, <laughs> that's so ideal.
1: No way.
0: Oh, think what it do we comes need the manifest like a- for now? Oh, probably know, something way better than some meal prep and some <laughs> tangled teasers. <laughs> We're wasting this energy so much. Oh, I know. Do you think it comes down, like, with with that, like, to a genuine, just, like, a belief that you don't know where it comes from, but it's just there and you're like, oh, like, it's going to be all right. Or, like, this is going to happen. Like, I just kind of know it will. And you can't explain it.
1: Oh, 100%. it's such a weird world. What do you... Are you into like spirituality
0: <laughs> yeah 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 I'm, I'm big on it I'm not I'm, like I'm, the manifesting word is one that I kind of like I know it kind of happens but I, I, I don't want to look too much into it like I'm, I don't think I'll read the secret people ask me all the time to like read the secret but I'm like I feel like that is for people who are pretty low and need to be like brainwashed for a few hundred pages so they can get out of that low and then they can come back to reality afterwards mm-hmm. um but yeah I'm pretty sure like I meditate like an hour a day I just I love it I like it because the more like spiritual yet the more you get to know yourself the more you get to know yourself the more you can surround yourself with people that like you for you as opposed mm-hmm. to this like front that you put on for others
1: yeah definitely but I I think I mean I'm in awe of your hour a day I've just built myself up to 20 minutes a day and that feels like a lot for me right now it's tough Um, yeah it's it's
0: pretty it's almost the same amount of toughness like I did 20 minutes for almost like six months and then I was like okay I'll push it did half an hour and then I was like right an hour and an hour is actually really hard like But I know that in six months time, if I've been doing an hour, I've then done 300 hours. I think, no, I wouldn't have done it. 180 hours of meditation. And I haven't even done that yet so far in like the almost two years that I've been meditating for. So if I can do two years in six months, mm-hmm. I'd like to, I'm just getting there faster. Yeah, you know I mean?
1: that's amazing. I, I went on this retreat once and I was invited onto it to like document it yeah and it was a pure spiritual retreat and this was before I was really into spirituality but I knew I wanted to get into it I feel like this is another like vibration thing I knew Mm. that I wanted to get into spirituality I hired a spiritual coach and she was helping me kind of have access to it but I just wasn't getting there I just Mm. didn't understand it I couldn't because I'm a really logical thinker in my day-to-day
0: yeah
1: so I went onto this retreat and I was literally shitting myself because I'm like this isn't for me this is too out there it's a bit too woo I'm gonna hate it and I just want to go home I regret saying I would have come and it changed my life it was the best experience I've ever done in my life but that introduced me and just allowed me to understand the spiritual world and you know beyond what people think spirituality is like crystals and and, and pulley cards and all of that yeah but just being there with myself taking the ego out and just being purely me and on that retreat we would meditate for hours but you just you wouldn't know because you wouldn't know how long it's been because you were yeah. so deep into it we did like meditative dance and we'd come we'd wake up from the meditation and it had been like three hours and you'd be like what how how yeah. The time just went.
0: He's getting but, to that yeah, flow think, state.
1: Yeah, but I think when it comes to spirituality and the whole this whole vibrations and manifestations and putting things out into the world, I think when mm. you learn to just flow with life as opposed to resist against life, that's when things start to call in for you. That's when just yeah. when you just trust that something has got you back and everything is happening for you, not to you. You just like life just happens
0: yeah yeah definitely what books have you read like in spirituality what's more what been your standout ones
1: so the biggest standout book and I'm I'm, I'm literally near the end to it now yeah um, it's called change your thoughts change your life by Wayne Dyer and I it's taking me so long to read this book so long because Ooh, everything yeah. that I'm reading I'm like no wait I need to read that again like I need to go back and reread that because I need to process it and make sure it's fully digested but it's yeah. blowing my mind he's basically there's um there's a thing called the Tao teaching sorry the Tao the, teaching the Dao.
0: it's the Tao
1: oh the Tao okay. in
0: Chinese um the like T is D so it's like Dao and it comes from like Taoism. So the Dao De Ching, it's like, it's quite a short book. But it's like an ancient Chinese philosophy. Yeah.
1: It's called... oh, I'm fuming that I've been saying it wrong this whole time, but thanks That's for right. telling me. No, so I Dao... said it in
0: a whole episode, so don't worry about it. I did a whole <laughs> episode on the Dao of Pooh, and I was saying the Tao, so it's there forever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's okay, so it's him basically rewording the Dao the ching yeah Yeah. but for the 21st century
0: okay nice
1: and it's oh it's brilliant
0: what's what's been like the standout thing for it for you or what's been your main takeaway
1: i think a lot of it has been centered around ego i've been reading this book now for maybe a month it's taken Mm. me forever because i literally read two of the passages per day so I, oh uh, yeah, it, nice. He, he puts the passage on, and then he does the rewriting of it. Uh,
0: so he just interprets it for you because it's very difficult to understand like the passages because they are so like philosophical, and you could mm-hmm. spend an hour on each passage just trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, idea. Yeah, so I know how incredible. Apparently, hundreds of people have done this kind of rewriting, mm-hmm. reinterpretation, um but yeah so I I only read two a day but I genuinely I, I was like to my partner the other day it's changed my life it has changed my life just yeah. in I feel like I'm over the years I've been really working on just being myself coming home to myself accepting myself as I come and as I am yeah and I think with my job with social media it can get it's really easy to get wrapped up in social media politics and um, a big source of my income is brand partnerships so getting caught up in just numbers and since reading this book I've just been like do you know what I don't give a fuck like
0: Mm.
1: all of that stuff on social like that's not that's not my life purpose my life purpose isn't to do brand partnerships brand partnerships serve me for me being able to create what I want to create um, yeah. in terms of like my other business, I'm able to put a lot of time and effort into that because I can get the money from this brand partnership thing, but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And no. I think um, it might've been Sinead. Um, I think she might've spoken about this on a story. Mm. She said, what was she saying? She was just like, take care of the people who you've got. Like, don't worry about new people. Just take care of the people you've got. And let me just tell you, this last month, the more that I've just been like, do you know what? I'm not bothered about getting more and more followers. I'm just going to take care of the people I've got. I received freaking flowers from a follower. Like, somebody sent me flowers. I was like, what I I sat and cried for like 15 minutes. (laughs) I've received just so many messages just being like, thank you like yeah. asking me nothing but just like thank you or can you just tell me what you said again about that because I was just trying to speak to my boyfriend about it because it really blew my mind and I'm like the more I've just shown up as myself and the more I've shared the things that I want to share not the things that I clickbaity and what I think people want me to share
0: yeah the
1: more I've received just so much I just know I'm serving my purpose and this book has helped me do that
0: yeah definitely I, you shouldn't Sinead to that to me a while ago and i was like it just makes so much sense like for me like i just i started this a year ago like i was just focused on growth 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 and i feel like i've got enough people now like i just want to look after them a bit better mm-hmm. in a sense of like for a long time i wasn't replying to dms because oh, it's was way too stressful and i'm like actually like it's like some dms like i won't like dignify them with a response in some sense but like because some of them are stupid yeah and not stupid like they're stupid but just like I think we were like messaging about this the other day about like people just being rude uh-huh. just like yeah. they forget that there's someone on the other side of this screen just like it's like them being in this street and being like oh you come <laughs> here and it's like they can't demand things from people like that. that's actually so rude mm-hmm. I'd never treat anyone like that but, like, people that, like, have genuine questions and I've like I've started to, like, reply and give them time. It's just very, it is very difficult not to get caught up because, like, some people reply straight away and then you're in a conversation and then you've got 100 conversations going on a day and then the end of the day comes and you're just burnt out because yeah. it's, it's too many people to manage. But I think it's such a good thing, like, just look after the people that you've got around you. Like, that was a big thing. So I did um, ayahuasca when I was in Bali and a big sort of sign for me in the trip was like just looking after the people around me like the people that truly truly matter because I'd Mm -hmm. I'd I'd kind of almost become obsessed of like looking after myself yeah um and I'm at a stage now I'm like I'm pretty good at looking after myself I can now spend some time looking after the people that I love the people that really matter and just giving more of myself away in that way and I feel so much better for it
1: yeah
0: like maybe it's self-serving maybe I feel good because I'm giving but like everyone's a winner in that way so it doesn't it doesn't really matter
1: yeah I love that so much and I really want to try ayahuasca
0: I mean it it was it was a terrible time and I won't be rushing back to it I spent about (sighs) six hours like crying and being sick so um it was pretty heavy but necessary for like for my like arrogance heading into it I was I was given a a stern word from Mother Nature, it's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> oh wow, it's so interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very, it's a very strange thing to go and it tastes like shit.
1: Oh really? I've never thought about the taste.
0: Oh, so you have to like drink it. It's like a potion or whatever, you but like a plant medicine. And it mm. tastes like coffee, mud, and licorice with a slight bit of like, you know, when you're sick enough so that it's like bile. <sighs> that minging
1: oh my god and do you know if you ask me what what i think the worst tasting things are, and i'm not fussy coffee and licorice
0: really yeah licorice is minging <gasps> <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting but yeah um we won't talk about psychedelics too much because i I talk about more times people <laughs> um what other what you say like this book is is changing life what other say like life changing books would you say you've read like afterwards you'd be like oh my god I'm gonna change everything about my life now because of this book
1: <laughs> okay so I think going back to when I first started reading as a daily habit mm.
0: um
1: I read this book called you do you by Sarah Knight
0: oh I love it. Sarah Knight. um she's got a lot of those like snappy title books hasn't she
1: yeah and she's she's funny um but she's really great at getting a point across. And then at the end of each chapter, there's some reflection questions. And I think for anybody who worries about what other people think about them, um, or maybe they get too wrapped up in other people's lives, this book is just wonderful. And it's so, it's such a small book as well. So you can read it really nice chapters. If you're somebody who's just getting into reading, you could read just like a chapter a day, and yeah. you'll learn something every single day from just re- reading one chapter. Um, and I just I think for anybody who's wanting to just get into reading and want wants to work on themselves, really great book to start with.
0: Yeah. You do. So I think I gave. I I read one of her books once when I was on holiday. This, like, before I started reading, I thought it was actually pretty shit, but I was just doing it to pass the time. So I was in, like, a yacht in Croatia or something. But, like, a sailing boat yacht, not, like, a super big fancy one. Oh, so I was to be like, no Whoa. Yeah, sorry, I was just in my yacht in Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> just had to read this book. It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, like, something about giving a shit. And I remember like I was reading one part about like relationships and it just made so much sense about like people being in these relationships they don't want to. I was like reading it, I was looking at the girlfriend that I had at the time next to me. I was like, oh, you're not gonna last long. (laughs) (laughs) But these books, like so like sometimes it's actually almost dangerous because you take these books so literally. Like if you just oh. reading one book, like you read one book, you just take it so literally, like your whole life is just dedicated to the path that that book is then laying out for you. Yeah. <laughs> it can get quite dangerous. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think that's where you've got to like read, take notes, take a step back from it and then yeah. digest what you've learned.
0: Yeah. And pick what you want to learn as well.
1: Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think in terms of, other book, books like these are probably the most standard books that you probably get given these all of the time um I really enjoyed Glennon Doyle's Untamed I think that's I a, a, a really good book uh, have you not
0: no I've, it's the purple purple cover isn't it yeah, yeah. I've, I've got it I've got my eye on it <laughs>
1: I love, I love that book. It's just all about stepping into yourself, like stepping into your wild, stop being so tamed by society and other people's thoughts. And um, really great book. And then just recently, it's quite a new book. Have you have you heard of? I'm probably gonna say her name wrong, Edith Edgar. Outfit survivor. Oh no. oh my gosh right okay so she's got her first book is the choice and the choice is more of a uh, more of like a fiction book but it's still talking through her from her experience
0: yes okay
1: if you know what i mean and then she's brought out her this book recently called the gift yeah And I guess the underlying message is how to step out of the prison of your mind. Like that. Mm. And this is coming from an outfit survivor. So she's like, I was a physical prisoner and I've managed to step out of the prison of my own mind and the prison of outfits. Like if I can do this, then
0: you can. You've got this one. Sometimes the whole, like if I can do it, you can too is like taken it's like hijacked by the fitness industry um, of like some guy who's like fucking huge. He's like, if I can get up, you can too. I'm like, man, <laughs> obviously like you're going to get up because you're huge and you want to maintain that. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's so strange. But like when you hear it from someone like so, Victor Franco, I don't know if you ever read his book, um, Man's Search for Meaning.
1: I haven't. I do want to read really that one good. though
0: really really good book um but just like for it to come from someone who's been through like genuine hardship beyond imagination nowadays for the western world you're like yeah shit maybe I should listen to these people
1: yeah yeah do you do you ever read do you read many fiction books
0: I have been this year you know I'd say like I've read like 20 or so books this year, and probably five of them have been fiction books. Granted, one was Alice in Wonderland, and the other was uh, The House at Pooh Corner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I really do like a fiction book. And the reason being is like, is to say that, like the choice, the reason that you probably got so much from that book is because you're so emotionally involved in the story, mm-hmm. and it's stories. That our brains attach meaning to, which then just means that it sticks with us. Mm-hmm. So, like you notice, in like all the self-help books, they they attach like anecdotal evidence or like all solid evidence from like stories in in the past, so that you then relate the idea to the story. It then sticks, and you've you've related it to you. Um, yeah. But I haven't read a fiction book for ages. Actually, I said on the podcast that I released the other day, like. I just need a break. Like I'm reading some pretty intense books at the moment. And I just need to just get into like a nice fiction book that I'm not going to learn anything from. I just want to escape into it.
1: Mm -hmm. See, this is where I semi-disagree because I went through a phase where I would only read self-help because I thought if I read fiction, I'm just wasting time. Like I'm not learning anything. Mm. What's the point? And i th- i can't i think i was studying for something i can't remember what it was but it involved me reading yeah stuff so i was like do you know what i'm gonna just try a fiction book and i feel like i've learned just as much from reading fiction as i have from reading self-help um yeah. Like, I've learned so much. I think from every single one of those fiction books, I've taken away a really big message, whether yeah. that's a physical message or something that I'd love to create in my own life. Or, yeah, I just... I I really do feel like you can learn as much yeah. from fiction as you can from non-fiction.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I said it the wrong way then, because that's that's exactly how I feel, because your emotions are so attached to the characters. Like you live the life of that character and go through whatever they're going through like with them mm-hmm. and you then get to take the life lessons from that and interpret yeah. it in in whichever way you want to like the alchemist was one of my favorite like books I read to begin with mm-hmm. and like what I took from that was about like following your dreams and like stuff will just happen and it doesn't matter if you have to like sway off course every now and then you just sort of Stay with it and go with it. And in the in the book, it says like mactub um, which like a word from some other language that isn't English, and it just means like it is written, like whatever's happening, like it's meant to be happening to you. So you may as well like get Enjoyed on with the it.
1: Ride. Yeah. yeah, I love that. There's a book called If you've not read it already, A Little Life.
0: I've heard of this quite a few times. Is it really, really good? Because oh. everyone else says it is
1: like oh so it's a slow burner it's a huge Mm. book it's huge is
0: it
1: yeah but and it's a slow burner like at the at the start you're just a bit like what is this going on about but I think the purpose of the book being so big is because you need to buy into and really follow all of these characters and you Mm. you really start to feel like you know them and, like, to the point where when the book finished, I was like, what am I going to do without William? Like, I, I was like, <laughs> i missed the characters. But it gets to a point where the waterworks start and then they don't stop. Like, they get progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Like, it's heartbreaking, soul-destroying, but so thought-provoking at the same time.
0: Really? I've only ever cried at one book, and that was... Uh... <laughs> this is going to hurt by adam k
1: really uh,
0: it's the only yes, yeah, the only one i've ever cried at and I'm, I'm due a cry, cry i think so maybe I'll, I'll get into a little life get myself some escapism
1: oh my gosh whenever i'm due on i'm like on my instagram give me a cry Huns. cry <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what i'm missing maybe i'm just missing a period and i'll be crying more <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing right well i've um I've, I've I've kept you long enough, Victoria. I'll let you get back on with your Friday. But um, where can people find you? Which I'm sure will probably be Instagram. But um, if you've got anywhere else um, that you do stuff like helpful shit for people, send them there.
1: Um, so like, well, my Instagram's Victoria Neve, and you can pretty much find everything else that I do from that from my Instagram. Um, yeah. I've got my other instagram is the glow up project underscore potentially has an underscore at the end of it um and if you want more of the mindset work more like information in terms of like infographics um and prompts and things like that then that's a really good one to go ahead and follow but yeah you can pretty much just find you say
0: journal prompts and stuff on there
1: yeah yeah so i'll kind of put like do you do you struggle with overthinking and then it'll be slides of journal these things.
0: Oh, so. Sick. That's good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for your vulnerability talking about honest subjects that people need to hear. It's great. It's great to have you and it's great to have a chat.
1: Oh thank you so much for having me on. I've had a gorgeous time.
0: Gorgeous, gorgeous time, darling. <laughs> I
1: have. Thank you.
0: For listening to that episode. I'll be back again soon with some book reviews and some more guest episodes. If you like I said at the start, if you like what I do and you want to contribute to my creativity um, as an artist who creates audio and audio, just go to patreon.com forward slash I need to read. I can't try to sell you it. What's the point? If you like me, you might like it. If you don't, then I can't believe you've got this far on a podcast. Uh, if you're struggling, if you are sad, if you're anxious, if you feel like you need a little bit of therapy in your life, you probably do then head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. You get 10% off your first month and that will set you on the path to getting better and being better. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Love you, bye.